Hey guys, welcome to Big Church Online. We are so excited that you've joined us today. If you're looking for any sermons or words of encouragement, you've come to the right place. While you're here, please subscribe, like, comment, share. That way you can stay up to date and help others find it as well. Now, let's get this week's sermon in progress. This morning, as we go on to the rest of the story, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. And some of y'all are already tuning me out a little bit, and some of you are like, I don't know if we want to talk about that, or maybe we shouldn't talk about it in church. But you know what? There's many names for the Holy Spirit. There's the Holy Ghost. That's the King James Version. That's the most holy version right there. I grew up in Pentecostal church, and he was the Holy Ghost, and you didn't call him anything else. But there's also called the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, and also the Spirit of truth. So if you read your Bible and you see all this, it's talking about the same person. And this topic is very controversial. Sometimes it's very misunderstood because of what we've heard. And a lot of the churches have said it's very outdated anymore. It's not really for us anymore. We got the Father, we got the Son, and then we got the Holy Spirit. It's the third part of the Trinity, but most of the time it's the most forgotten part of the Trinity. We talk about God all the time. Well, God can do this and God, and he is... We talk about Jesus. He's the only way and the truth and the life. But oftentimes when we get to the Holy Spirit, we're like, okay, maybe we won't talk about that one. But listen to what we do in the church. What we see the Holy Spirit as in the church, we see him as a feeling. Oh, man, I felt the Holy Spirit this morning. Man, I felt, I felt like I felt the Holy Ghost as soon as I walked in this room. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that feeling. There's nothing wrong because that is, the Holy Spirit can be a feeling. But he's more than just a feeling. We often think of him as a cosmic force somewhere out there in the, in the universe. Like Star Wars, you know, may the force be with you. We think of the Holy Spirit as some kind of force out there that will do this and that. And here's the good one. We often think of the Holy Spirit as an event. The Holy Spirit showed up. Can I tell you something? When you walked in this door, if you're a Bible-believing, Jesus-following thing, the Holy Spirit is here already. He don't, we don't got to make it up, shake it up, bake it up. We don't have to worry about him, inviting him in. He's here. So many times we treat him as an event. Man, we had a really Holy Ghost service. We should have a Holy Ghost service every time you walk in the door. Oh, I'm going on. We're in trouble. The Holy Spirit, can I tell you what? He is a who. And what we used to think about the Holy Spirit, too, is that if it was either no makeup. Come on, some of y'all old, old, older folks. Or Tammy Faye Baker makeup. That was the Holy Spirit showing up. If they didn't have no makeup on. And if their dress touched the floor, you know the Holy Ghost has got to be in that place. Some of y'all at Baptists are looking at me like, what is he talking about? And man, if they had their hair up in a bun and bobby pins going flying, you'd be like a bunch of shrapnel going all around that room. Y'all know what I'm talking I know some of y'all know what I'm talking about. But can I tell you something? I might be making fun. I might be laughing a little bit. But them ladies could pray. Oh, they could pray heaven down. I can remember walking in there and they'd start in praying and speaking in tongues and walking around and I'd be like, Oh, man, I'm convicted of every sin that I did in the last 15 minutes or the last three months. But they could pray. So I'm, not making, I'm, I'm really not making any jokes about that. They could pray. But I'm going to tell you this morning a few things who the Holy Spirit is not. 
1 Corinthians 14, 40 says this. Let all things be done decently and in order. I grew up in Pentecostal churches, and if you've never grew up in one, you're probably not going to know what I'm talking about. They would start in the third song, and somebody would start running the aisles. Amen. Before too long, it, somebody else would start hooping and hollering, and, and it, it was just crazy, and, and, and sometimes we didn't know which way. And again, I'm not saying that's all bad, okay? So don't throw your shoes at me here real quick. But the Bible says to do something in decency and in order. I watched a boy run through the back door of the church. He broke the door off the hinges. He busted the window. I don't think God wanted to repair a $500 church door. Oh. And I've often thought of, you know, oh, help me, Lord. I've often thought of the catchers. If you're going out in the spirit, I don't think the concrete's going to bother you. Oh, I got some of y'all going like, God does things in decency and he does things in order. And there's sometimes, man, I'm telling you what, you can really see God moving in something and you can really tell if it's real or if it's not real. I can remember going to, I'm giving you some of my growing up. I can remember going to the altar and I mean that, pat, that preacher would be pushing me. I was going down. No, I wasn't. And I, I, you know, I would, the harder they would push, the harder I would push back. I was like, no, 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 you, you're not knocking me down. You're not forcing me down. And I can tell you, it put up a lot of walls and made a lot of doubt come into me. It made a lot of fear come up in me because I thought maybe I wasn't doing it the right way. It made me build up walls that I've had a hard time, even in my, even in my adult life, trying to, trying to tear down. I often thought everything that I saw was fake because I saw the people that were doing it and not living it. The Bible says out of the same mouth, is blessings and cursings. It should not be that way. So many times when people would do things, you would see them actually happen and do it one way in church, but yet when they were on the ball field, come on, somebody. The Lord was not the Lord God. Oh, I'm getting in trouble. I gotta go on. The Holy Spirit, we've often called him a gentleman. He won't make you do anything you don't wanna do. And I can remember, I'm telling this story again. If you heard it, I'm telling it again. It doesn't matter. I went to a conference and I, I had built that up in me and we were sitting on the second or third row and all of a sudden, the end of the thing, this evangelist says, you two, come here. And I was like, oh, Lord Jesus, what's getting ready to go on here? And I walked towards the front of that thing and I'm not kidding with you. He hit, he tapped Pastor, Pastor Mindy on the head. She went out on the floor and I was like, okay, here. He just, like that, he said, fire of God. I hit the floor like a ton of bricks. I mean, there were, I tried. Okay, I, I really, really got up down on the floor and I really tried to get up. I was, my face was doing, I'm like, and the Holy Spirit. They said, get him up again. He said, fire of God, he has touched me. I went out again. After that, God said, see, I'm real. I had to prove to you because you built up so many walls. You gathered so much doubt. I had to prove to you that I was real. 
But a gentleman is a catchphrase. He won't make you do. He honors your, your will and he honors your beliefs. He acts when we ask. And he is more ready to provide when you ask everything that you need. Salvation, healing, and also the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit in first, is not crazy. 1 Corinthians 14.33 says this. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace in all the churches of the saints. Many people and many churches see him as the relative you would like to forget. Y'all been to the family reunion? Oh, he's here again. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you. What? Y'all invited him again? You remember what he did last time? But he shows up at those, I say he, I'm blaming on the guys, but he or she shows up at the family reunion or holiday and acts very inappropriately, is, is just acting stupid, and you can't help but be related to him. But you try never to mention that you know him. You try not to even send the invitation because you know he's probably going to come. But what we do is we hope he don't show up and we hope that he even goes away. That's sometimes how we treat the Holy Spirit. Do you have pillows on your bed that are useless? Has anybody saw Along Came Polly? All three of you unsaved people have seen that movie. I'm kidding. But when all those pills are up there and they start stabbing those pills, it was freeing. When I helped make her bed, I got four extra pillows that don't get slept on. But we do that with the Holy Spirit. We want him to look good. We want to decorate him all up. And, and 2 Timothy says this, having a form of godliness, but denying the power from these such people turn away. So many times we want it to look good on the outside. We want to make sure that the pillow is just, and I never get them right. And that's why I try to take a picture of them from now on when we go on vacation. I got to get it back right the right way. But we want to make sure they're all straight and in order and, and do everything we want. But what good is form and what good is look if you don't have any power? He's not for looks. And listen, he's not for occasional use. You all have those plates and silverware and things in your house that you only bring out on special occasions. We bring out paper plates as often as we can because I do the dishes. Hey, praise the Lord for paper plates. But you have those, you have those things in your house, the plates, the silverware, and the other things that you don't often use, and you pick them up, and you dust them off, and you use them when you need them, and then you put them back into the place where they're going to be for that much longer. You ever been in a room that you couldn't sit on the furniture? Did you grow up in, I heard that there was a, a room in your home that nobody really got to go sit in. I didn't even want to talk about the plastic on the couches when I was a kid. <laughs> but how about that? Why have something around if you're not willing or won't use it? Here's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is there to teach us. He's there to strengthen us. 
He's there to help us at every time that we need help. And he's also there. He's that person that's beside of you to help you fight against sin and your own willful nature that you, come on. He gets a bad rap. He really does. You, you, in the church world, you got to say, they talk about people, watch out for people who talk about the Holy Spirit or, t- or, or churches that teach it. Have you ever heard something bad about someone else? Come on, y'all been involved in this. And then once you meet them, you figure out they're not as bad as you thought they were. You've heard all these negative things. You've heard all of, uh, all of the bad rap and everything, and you formed a negative opinion about someone or something, and you get a distorted or an inaccurate view of who they are. And when you meet them, you discover they're really not that bad. I actually think I like them. Come on, y'all have been in the chat before, and before too long, you don't like this person. You've never met them. You've never been around them. And before too long, You've already formed the opinion that you have of them. Once you meet the Holy Spirit and you start having a relationship with him, everything that you've seen, everything that you've heard is going to change because he changes everything. You're going to find out he's not a what. He's not a cosmic feeling. He's not an event to show up to you. He is a who who is next to you each and every day. Holy Spirit is our guide and our helper. Psalms 139.7 says this. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings in the morning, if I dwell at the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. We live in a world of surveillance cameras. No matter where you go, there's a camera, right? You can go somewhere at Walmart. There's 14 cameras taking pictures of you, and and they know you're going in and coming out. And and cameras at traffic lights? Don't even get me started on that one. I played a few tickets in Florida on that one. But you have cameras in your own home. You got to buzz the doorbell and you can see who's standing outside there and you got cameras on your iPad watching you, making sure you're doing everything the way you're supposed to be doing it. You're being watched all the time. But in this psalm, we learn that God's spirit watches us everywhere that we go. And he's present to every place that we go. He's present to our thoughts. Scary to know that God knows what you're thinking right now, Dylan, when you're yawning. When you stayed up playing games too late last night. But he knows our thoughts. He knows our actions. He knows the emotions that we're going through, even sometimes before we even ask. Because he is everywhere, because he's presence, we as God's children are constantly, listen to this, you got to know this, you're constantly within the love and protection that he has for you. When we disobey... When we rebel, anybody got any kids in the house? There are a bunch of angels, right? They always do everything they're supposed to do. But when we disobey and when we rebel, he loves us. And also the Bible says he loves those who he corrects. He's there to correct you also. When we run, he runs with us. When we hide, you ever went to the high, play hide and go seek and you go to this place and there's someone else in there? 
that was mine. God is in the hiding place. When you go to try to hide, he's sitting there going, I already got this place. Come on, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You go try to hide in your room. You go try to hide behind everything else. And when you get to the place, God's sitting there going, I'm here. I already meet you here. That's what, that's what the Holy Spirit does to us. And when we run, he runs with us. He's in pursuit of us. He's always searching us out. And he's not afraid to go anywhere to find you. We often think the Holy Spirit won't do that. He won't go there. He won't. Yes, he will. Ain't no mountain he won't climb up. No door he won't kick down. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. This morning, I want you to understand that. He wants to lead us and guide us into the right path. But here's what we do a lot of times. We say, I, I got it all figured out. And we try to figure it out. The Bible says in Proverbs, says this, it says, Proverbs 14, there is a path before each person that seems right, but it ends in death. It ends up off course. It ends up lost. It ends up distorted. How many have been on a journey and, man, you should have already been from point A to point B, but you've already been to Z backwards. All of us in this room, I see those hands going up. It ends up off course. We have to allow the Holy Spirit to determine our destination. You can't just hope to get where you're going. How many cannot go anywhere without GPS? Oh, and all y'all are rest of liars, you know. We're going to have an altar call here in just a few minutes. I mean, what did we do before GPS? We had this map that was 17 foot tall and, and we, we couldn't navigate it. I couldn't even read one now. So now we turn on GPS and now we have to go in the right direction. And listen, Waze is a whole lot better because it tells you that where the cops are. <laughs> Object in road ahead. It's so much better, but that's what the Holy Spirit does. He leads you and he guides you and he directs you into the place where you're going. Listen, who's ready for something practical? Every day we have to get up. We have to ask the Holy Spirit, which is our direction, that we need to go. What, what, where do we need to go today? So many times we get up and we grab our phone. What's the weather gonna be looking like today? Come on. You start looking and scrolling at all your apps and everything else that you gotta do. And before too long, uh, we don't know what we're doing. What if we got up each day and said, okay, Holy Spirit, where are we going today? How are we gonna do this? And during the day, you have to understand, he don't just work in the morning. He works in the afternoon, in the early evening, late at night. And so, so many times during the day, you have to re-navigate. You know when you're going the wrong way and GPS tells you, turn around and, what does it say to you? Turn around. There's times in your day when the Holy Spirit is saying, turn around. Danger, you're going in the wrong direction. Turn, make, sure, make sure you do a U-turn. You need to go this direction. But he works every day when we ask. He is our helper. John 14, 26. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. People have said, I don't understand the Bible. You got 42 versions of it now. I grew up King James, that's all you had. 
But have you ever thought about asking the Holy Spirit to lead and guide and direct your Bible reading? It could change your life. Let me tell you something. There's been times when I've read a passage of scripture and it, and it spoke to me. And then maybe six months later, read it again because the Bible is alive. Come on, it changes. The word never changes. But if you ask the Holy Spirit to interpret it in a way, it may be something that you need for that day. Start praying before you read. It enables us to understand the word and make it effective in our lives. Here's what else the Holy Spirit does. He brings conviction, not condemnation. Listen to John 16. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. This is Jesus speaking. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes... He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Convict? Anybody been in? No, I ain't going to ask you that question. I was going to ask you if you've been in jail before, but con convict. It sounds criminal, right? It sounds like you're guilty of something all the time, right? And because we're naturally rebels and because we made a bad choice back in the garden, we have this little conscience that gets up on our shoulders some days. Each day we walk through each day with him. You got, you've seen this, the thing, the devil on this side, an angel on this side. To, no, don't do that. Yes, you need to do that. But that, what that is truly is the Holy Spirit speaking to you as you walk each and every day. Conviction does this. It makes you aware of the bad things that you're doing. It makes you aware of the sin that you're doing. And it prompts you to turn around and ask for repentance. Conviction... Now, if we, don't, if we decide not to listen to the Holy Spirit, before too long, we get numb to it. We won't even listen to it at all. But in John 4, 6, 6, it says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will rise him up in the last day. I believe there is a time in every person's life when you are drawn to God. Because we're made in his image. We're made in his likeness. And his love is so great that he wants to choose to draw us all the time. He can get your attention wherever you're at. You don't got to be in church. The conviction is a good thing in Christian life because it does this. It keeps you on the right path. It makes you aware. It keeps you connected to him. However, condemnation, can I tell you, is not from God. Romans 8 says this. So thou, there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. What condemnation does, it pushes you away from God. What it does, it beats you down. It makes you feel guilty all the time. Listen, you don't have to listen to the accusations of the enemy because that's what he's doing. He's always trying to come. Come on, he's always coming in your mind telling you what you did last week or, or last year or 10 years from now. But listen, what it, you need to quit listening to the lies of the enemy because that is covered under the blood of Jesus Christ. Salvation comes in knowing Jesus. The disciples were transformed. Transformation starts there. And they were transformed in that. And you've got to remember that this is a process that we're in. Sanctification, you've probably not heard that word, but it's a process that you're in. And it refers to the state of process of being set apart and made holy. We cannot, cannot make ourselves holy because we're, we have a sinful nature. God makes us holy because he is holy. 
We can't stop our walk from the time we say the, the sinner's prayer. We have to continue in the process. Second Corinthians says this, for we are God, we are God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. One of the Holy Spirit's functions is to cultivate your Christian walk. And that could take some time. You know, when you're walking with God, sometimes you've got to walk with him at his pace. Sometimes he's going, come on, hurry up, hurry up. We're walking a little bit faster. And sometimes you've got to walk at a pace that you can keep up with him. So many times we try to get ahead of God. We try to get ahead of the Holy Spirit. We try to get to the place where we're, we're figuring it out ourselves. And God just says, I want you to slow down just a little bit. I want you to take a deep breath. No, God, you no, no, no. I just need you to chill just for a moment. But in that process, what we do, we start experiencing change, both mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and even physically. It involves our cooperation. We, he's not going to do anything in our lives unless you cooperate with him. Because the Bible says we walk by the Spirit. It says we need to live by the Spirit. Walking with the Holy Spirit means you have to get up each day and be intentional about where you're going. When you're walking, you learn some valuable lessons. Lessons about waiting. That's the one we don't like to hear, right? We learn some lessons about which direction we need to go in and, and if we need to stop in that direction and we need to turn around and do a U-turn. We have to understand it takes deliberate action and we have to ask God every day. Open my eyes today, God. Open my ears today. Let me hear what the Spirit is saying in everything that I do, not just in the big decisions, almost in every decision that we make. God, I need you today to strengthen me. And what happens when you allow the Holy Spirit to move in your life and you give him access into your life? Before too, before too long, he starts to fill you with purpose. He starts to fill you with the power to live the life. Come on, you cannot live the life that you want to live in your own power and strength. As Pastor Minnie said before, she's been going through a whole lot, but it's been his strength that's been made perfect in her over these last six weeks. You can't, you can't do it on your own most of the time. You need the Holy Spirit each and every day. If you would, stand up with me, please. I'm going to ask you this morning to open your heart, open your mind, and open your spirit to what God is trying to say, what the Holy Spirit is trying to say. The first step of having a relate, first step of knowing who the Spirit is, having a relationship with Jesus Christ. And the Bible says that maybe you've never given your life over to Jesus, but the Bible says this: it says, if you confess with your mouth. That means asking for forgiveness. God, I've made, I've made a mistake. Jesus, I, I'm sorry for what I've done. It says if believing in your heart, it's not just believing in God, it's believing that he is who he says he is. He's a son of the living God. And it's accepting him as a savior. Say, Jesus, I know you died for me. I know you sacrificed your life for me and I accept that today. The Bible says that's, the steps of getting to know him is to coming through Jesus. Or maybe you're the person, maybe you've built up your walls. 
Maybe you've not really fully understand, understood who the Holy Spirit is or how he operates in your life. And, and maybe today you're just like, okay, I'm, I'm opening up my perspective. I'm opening up my heart and my mind to know who you are, God. Not just to know, as I said, not to know you, know about you, but to know you. We're gonna have the prayer team on the left and the right as they get ready to sing this song. But if you want someone to agree with you, if you wanna just make that step out of salvation, say, God, I'm coming to you this morning. I'm laying everything that I thought to the side. And I just want you this morning. We're here to pray with you. We're here to be with you. And hopefully the tear down those walls. Thank you for joining us today. If you're looking for more information or resources, you can visit mybigchurch.com or follow us on social media at mybigchurch. We love you guys. See you soon.